We're in the midst of a series. In fact, we're coming on the, the, the downhill slope of a series on spiritual disciplines. And just to show you where we've been, we've been covering these disciplines so far. Simplicity, prayer, meditation, silence, and solitude. Last week, we covered the discipline of confession. Tonight, we're going to move forward into fasting and abstinence. There's a few left on the board. We're probably not going to do all of them. Tonight might be a little bit shorter for a couple of reasons. One is I'm, I'm starting to struggle with, with not feeling good. And we've covered fasting and the scriptures on fasting a number of times in this group. But I wanted to hit it as a discipline. So that's where we're going tonight. But I want to take a quick pause for a moment. The series we're going to do next, we're trying to figure out exactly when we're going to weave it in. The series we're going into is one that comes out of the discipline of prayer. We had so many questions that night about prayer, and in the past we've had questions about prayer, that we said that we would collect your questions about prayer and try to do a series that just answers the questions about prayer. I've got enough of them in just editing the talk that we did from that night. We've written them down. I've told you in the past that Ben's been keeping a list, I think it's on to page four now, of questions about prayer. So what I want to do is give you the chance to do that. So if we could take a quick pause and pass some of these cards out and get a little bit interactive tonight. What I'd like you to do is just take a few minutes and write down any question that you have about prayer. And Ben, you've got to write all of those questions on the card. I don't, unless they're on the card, I don't take them. So actually what we're going to do is we're going to take Ben's list and we're going to compare your questions and see which one of them match, you know, and then that'll be a sign from the Holy Spirit that we're supposed to cover that question. So take a few minutes and do that. All right, hang on to those things if you want. Uh, we'll collect them towards the end. If you think of something else while we're going through it, that's cool. If you want another card, there's some on the back table. Let's open up in prayer and get started. Lord, tonight we step into your domain, an area of transformation of our hearts. That's what we're seeking. We could talk about it all day long, but in the end, this is your area. So we pray, Holy Spirit, come into our midst right now. Be our instructor. But more important than the knowledge that we gain, Lord, change our hearts. Give us a longing for those things that you desire. Pray this in your name. Amen. So this series has been in part about spiritual disciplines, but it's been in part about spiritual transformation, a subject we've struggled with probably more than the disciplines itself. Here's some of the rules that we've kind of come up with along the way. Just real briefly, the disciplines aren't an end in themselves. We're seeking spiritual transformation, which is really change from the inside, so we're not trying to struggle against our sin nature by sheer force of will. We're letting God do his part to transform us. So we said that interchange comes from the Holy Spirit. The disciplines open us up. That's the purpose of the disciplines, to open us up. And that we need to look beyond immediate results. A lot of us think, if I do this, then this will happen. And that's what we've wrestled with as a group, because sometimes we could be doing a discipline for long periods of time. That's been some of our guidelines. Here's some of the challenges we've thrown out for the different disciplines, just to review. First week for simplicity, we we're telling you to take a fast from spending money or just look at what you've got as a way of taking inventory of your life. Prayer, setting aside a specific time to pray during the week. Morgan challenged us to do that. Third week on meditation, to set aside time to meditate on some or all of the following things, like God's word, his works in scripture, work in your life, his creation, and to actively listen. Now before I go on, 
This was not meant to be like a cumulative exercise where we're trying something all the time. You might have just stuck on one of them. We were just trying to give one tangible example week after week. You might have stayed on one. Because remember, one of the themes in this series has been that our difficulty with the spiritual disciplines is we often try to do them all at the same time. And while some should be done on a lifelong basis, like prayer, there are some that come in seasons of our life. And the confusion comes, we teach them as if, do all of these things all the time, and we end up in a place where we can't do any of them. We're paralyzed. Here's some of the other things we did from our week on silence and solitude. Just spend time trying to turn off some of the noise in your life. On our blog, some people have started commenting that they tried it. It doesn't sound like it's going very well. I stuck on this one. I'm on day 14 now of not turning on the radio in my car, and it's driving me nuts. But it is producing something in me. Because every time I reach for the knob, I'm noticing that I'm thinking consciously of the Lord. Somebody commented on the blog that like, it's just distracting, and it has been difficult to focus. I mean, I'm a person who, if I could have music following me around everywhere I went, I would do it. If I could just have a soundtrack playing in the background, I would do that. But there's been something really good coming out of it because it's constantly reminding me to spend time before the Lord. And for me, I'm going to try to continue it another week because I think sometimes we give up on things too quickly. We want immediate results. This is a discipline that, for example, might last a while before I see the real tangible evidence that something's going on. Last week, we hit the subject of confession. Kind of an uncomfortable subject for us in the church, especially corporate confession, to confess to one another, which is not the only way to confess, of course, but we said that that brought us to a place of really dealing seriously with sin where we sit with others, instead of just flippantly looking at the Lord and saying, well, whatever, he knows my sin, it doesn't matter, to actually sit in front of somebody else and say, this is my sin, I want to do that. So we challenged you last week to either spend some time before the Lord confessing sins by writing down different parts of your life to recall things, maybe, that you've never actually sat down to confess as a discipline, or to at least identify somebody in your life that could receive confession. Right? This may not be your thing, although I would suspect most of us could camp out here for a long time. So these are just some of the things that we've gone through in review. Here's something new for this week. Some things that have come up in our discussions, and I feel like some levels of skepticism, and I think it's fair to bring these up tonight. Here's one that we felt in this group. I've tried this before in the past. Nothing happened. Anyone feel that way? Tried a particular discipline and just nothing came out of it? Did it for a while It just never went anywhere. I think that's an honest thing to bring up. I think that part of our nature, though, wants something to happen quickly. And there are instances, even in Scripture, that we see that people had to wait a long, long time for certain things to happen. But I'm not making any guarantees. Again, these are just disciplines. In some way, they can even be described as artificial devices to open us up to spiritual transformation. The work is belonging to the Lord. He's the one that's going to bring it about. It might take a long time. That's a place where we wrestle. Here's another skepticism. I gave one or more of these disciplines a real try. It didn't work for me. Maybe you're doing it right now. I would say do it a little bit longer. I sense that in some of the comments already. I tried that this week. I didn't get anything. Nothing. Not just in the past, but even now when I really tried it. Like I took another chance on it and I'm still not getting anything out of it. Again, I would say some people spend years in these disciplines. I don't see how practicing this discipline leads to spiritual transformation. Closely related to that is, I'm not really sure I understand what spiritual transformation is. We keep talking about it, like we all should know, like, oh yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. 
Like we're all doing that Christian thing where we go like, are you being spiritually transformed by the Lord? Oh, yes, yes, of course. Or this group is honest enough with ourselves probably where we go, I have no idea what you're talking about. But if you're one of those people rather than repeating the last five weeks where we keep trying to get at it over and over and over again, let's talk about it. Let's talk about that process that the Lord brings us to where he's doing the work in our hearts to bring us closer to the heart of Christ, to transform us from the inside so that we're no longer struggling by sheer force of will against sin and trying to be better people and trying to earn our righteousness or do it ourselves, where he is giving us that grace, that gift of righteousness, and transforming us. I've told you before, it takes years, longer than years. If I traced in my own life areas where I've seen spiritual transformation in my life, I would have to recount it over at least a decade in one instance of seeing how the Lord slowly, slowly, slowly was changing my heart. I couldn't perceive it at the time. It's only in looking back that I can see it now. So these are kind of skeptical things that we look at. Maybe you're at this last one. I'm doing just fine in my spiritual life with all all this added baloney. And if you're there, that's okay. Let's be honest. I don't need more stuff in my life. I don't need like you heaping on more of these things I've got to do. That's honest. But I think it's wrong. It's okay for us to be honest with one another and say, I think that's where a lot of us are, somewhere camped out of these different ones. It's where we are. But we have to remind each other, I think, sometimes with our own testimonies of the times that God has acted. So one of the ways that we're exhorted in Scripture is to tell our own testimonies to one another, to remind each other that he does do the things that we're seeking. In my own life, I've experienced many of the things that we doubt in here. We doubt miracles take place. We've wrestled with that in here. There are people in here I know who doubt that the Lord still works in miracles. But in my own testimony, I was going deaf and I can hear. That's my testimony. I know it for certain. There are people in here that doubt that God will speak to them. I have heard him say something to me. It's happened only once, but it was pretty clear. There are people who doubt that the Lord speaks in other ways. I remember only once in my life I could say, surely I've received at least a vision from the Lord doing something. And by the way, I'm not, you guys know me, I'm not a big charismatic Pentecostal kind of person. But the Lord grabs our attention once in a while. I'm sure if we spent time, we would be giving each other testimony to the things that he has done to get us out of this skeptical place And to say, yes, I can give testimony that these things do work. Today we're talking about one that a lot of us are going to be somewhat skeptical about, and that's fasting and abstinence. We've talked about it in here before, so let's just get through it. What is it? Well, obviously it's foregoing food. Sometimes foregoing drink. Although most often in scripture it's practiced as the foregoing of food. In rare instances foregoing water as well for a period of time. Or abstinence, doing without something for a period of time. Now we have in Scripture the commandment at times that Paul gives to abstain for married couples to abstain from sex only for a short period of time. But this level of abstinence is not just related to abstaining from sex, it's abstaining from a lot of things. So for example, we said that these spiritual disciplines blend in. My abstaining from listening to music is one form of fasting, abstinence. Sure, it's also to practice the discipline of silence. Sure, it's also hopefully to practice the spirit of prayer or meditation. But that's part of the discipline. So, here are some of the people that fasted in the Bible that we have recorded instances. Usually some pretty big characters that were doing this kind of thing. But it's for 
us, but notice how many people didn't just start with Jesus. This was a practice that was known in the Old Testament. It's why Jesus didn't spend a lot of time talking about it. It's why when we first hear him encounter the first time, he's just saying, when you do this. In fact, we look at the scripture right here. We've seen it before in our scripture looking at Matthew. So we studied this at length already as a group when we did our study on Matthew. But he starts off with an assumption. There isn't anything there except this assumption. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. For they disfigure their faces to show men their fasting. I tell you the truth, they've received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you're fasting, but only to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. It's an assumption. Now, is it a commandment? I don't know. There's a lot of debate about is it a commandment or is he just assuming that it's going to happen? As Morgan said, like, what do Christians do? They pray. Well, one of the things they do is they pray, and they give, and they fast. All three of them are given in the same way, when you pray, when you give, when you fast. He just assumed it would happen. In fact, a few chapters later in Matthew, the assumption is even more clear. John's disciples came and said, how is it that we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, then they will fast. So we know that. We've studied it together as a group, that fasting is there. How do you know when you're supposed to fast? That was a question that was thrown out here before when we've talked about this in the past. When are you supposed to fast? Every day? Well, that would be kind of bad. For how long? From what? So I'm going to throw this up here for a moment. Here is a suggestion that was given by one of the sources that I was looking at for this talk. Here are some ways to know when you can fast. You overindulge in food or drink. You eat for reasons other than nourishing the body. You spend too much time on certain activities such as watching TV, movies, playing video games, watching sports, reading, or other leisure activities. If you find yourself doing any of these things, you need to fast. You okay with this? This was the advice that was given. Am I the only one that had a problem? Anyone else want to take a shot at it? Yeah. Why is it restricted to leisure activities? You could overindulge on sports or on work or anything else. Yeah, that's a good point. That they missed like some of the things that we might think of as like, you know, that's okay somehow to overindulge on those things. But leisure activities, those are sinful, you know, especially like video games. We know who's playing video games, you know. Yeah. Well, you generation of loose morals playing video games, right? Yeah. I kind of have a problem with the first one, the overindulging food. And it seems like fasting is different than a diet. Yeah. That's absolutely right. Fasting is not meant to be a diet. Now, let's carefully distinguish here for a moment. There is a sin of gluttony. And maybe if you find yourself or you believe that you may be struggling with that, fasting may be one way to deal with that. But the reason we have to be careful is remember we said that The spiritual disciplines are not meant to be taken as like problem antidote, you know? Here's my symptom, here's my treatment. It can be used in that way to help discipline yourself, but the point here is not to be on a diet, using fasting at least. I mean, you can be on a diet, but that's not what fasting is for. Fasting is a spiritual discipline. It's also not the antidote to anything. What you're really trying to do is put yourself in a posture where you're opening yourself up so that God can begin to transform you. 
Last week when we were talking about confession, I said like nothing is going to put you in a vulnerable place like when you have to confess to another person. Like you are so spiritually vulnerable and open in that moment that God can take that heart of yours that is now soft, malleable, supple if you will, and form it because you're in that place. That's what I think these disciplines should be used for. So yeah, it's not meant to be just for curing overindulgence. And we also have to be careful to remember that, as you point out, Mark, about leisure, like our Heavenly Father enjoys us enjoying ourselves. He wants to see us doing some of the things that we enjoy. And I believe that firmly that will last into eternity as well. That He's not going to be a God that says, all right, that was on earth, that's it, it's over. Come and just sing forever. You know, like, I don't think that's what's going to happen. Here's another source and some suggestions on when to fast. You spend very little time in the presence of God. You want to reorient your life around God. You want to accentuate times of prayer or listening. You want to focus your sustenance on God's word, not just on food. You lack the desire to pursue a disciplined spiritual life. That last one kind of summarizes most of the ones that came before it. It's what Paul talks about in this verse right here. One of the verses that we started this series with. 1 Corinthians 9, 24-27. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it a slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Other translations translate this into I beat my body into submission. And that's kind of what these disciplines do especially something like fasting. Now, we've had a bad image of fasting, I think, because maybe we're thinking back to like some sort of medieval monk situation, right, where they took it too far. Maybe we have a view of fasting that's like, that's, that's just too liturgical, too ritualistic, too Catholic. Or maybe your view of fasting is just like, that sounds like the dumbest idea I've ever heard, giving up food. But it's to put us in that same kind of place that makes us vulnerable, that makes us open. You know, the thing that I've noticed in my discipline of abstinence these last couple weeks of just turning off music, or for me, I love listening to NPR because it's like always all these great stories going on, all these coverage of all the stuff that's happening in the world, and my mind is just going all over the place. In that discipline of abstinence, like every time I wanted there to be sound, or every time I wanted to go somewhere else, I was actually reminded to be in the presence of the Lord. Even if it lasted for a second, it at least brought me to it. Yeah. So do you think fasting would be taking away distractions around you that would be keeping you from hearing God's voice? Because in my, in my opinion, I think God speaks to me through music, so I don't see any point why I should not listen to music. Because everyone can relate to food because our body needs food. So naturally, we're going to, you know, that's probably one of the hardest ones to, to fast from. But I'm thinking, like, there should be an aim toward what you're trying to fast to instead of just a random thing, you know? I think that's a great point because I don't want anybody to hear that I've somehow heard from the Lord that we need to turn off our radios, right? 
That's, that's not what I'm going at, you know? And next, we need to sell our homes. We're going to move to the mountains. We're all going to drink Kool-Aid together in a log. Like, no, that's not, I mean, and I want to be clear if I've mangled that somehow, that it isn't like when I said, hey, here's a suggestion. Everybody turn off your radios. Like, so it's going to make you some super spiritual person or that you're necessarily going to hear from God because you did that. There isn't a one-size-fits-all here. That's been the problem in the way the disciplines have been taught. Like, do this and something will happen. And all of us are like, I'm not getting anything. But I want you to also be careful on the other side, that maybe you hear things through music, but it's also true that you're hearing the same things over and over because you haven't tried to see what would happen if you didn't listen to it that way. Fasting is kind of for a season too. And by the way, also to be clear, fasting is, the, is like you said, about food. That's why I've used the word abstinence because pure fasting really always is about food or drink. And abstinence is kind of like a set, stepping away from something. So I wouldn't, if, if the Lord speaks to you through music, I'm not going to say, hey, cut that off. But you know what? Once in a while, you might want to step away from it and see if you hear something different, something fresh. Maybe you spend an extended period of time saying, you know, I'm going to actually turn off the music for a while or the way that I play music and see if maybe in the silence I hear something that I wouldn't hear in the music. And that's been something very strong for me. Like when I listen to music, it's not like I'm listening to just the lyrics of the song. Like my mind is moving all over the place. And oftentimes it is thinking about something about the Lord. But you know what? In the silence, it just turned out to be different. But don't follow my example. Find your own. There may be something in your life that you think, you know what? For a period of time, I'm going to abstain. How long? I didn't expect to go into the second week. You know, I was thinking that this would last a day. And the first day was really hard. And the second day was really hard. The first week was pretty hard. This, this last week was not so hard. And I want to just see if I go a third week and a fourth week, if I can make it but even if I came back here in six months, I mean, there, like I said, there are people in the Bible who heard from the Lord like every 20 years. We seem to have a very short attention span for something so important as sitting before the Lord. And again, please don't hear me saying that if you fast, you'll hear from him because you may never hear from him, but he may be working on your heart the way he worked on my heart for all those years and I kept changing and turning, but so imperceptibly in a short period of time. Yeah. Um, one thing I'm thinking about is how like, most of the examples in Scripture, like, was people want God to do something, and they fasted, sort of like, for lack of a better term, like encourage Him to do it, or to like, and usually it happened, you know, like we kind of, well, not necessarily because they fasted, but like that seemed to be like, well, we really want this to happen, and so like it, it also related to wanting something. This third one right here, you want to accentuate times of prayer. That's one we're going to have to tackle during the series on prayer because I know the question you're really going after was if I fast, does that, does that add an extra measure to my prayer that makes it more answerable? You know, is God going to answer it more because I fasted? Well, we have biblical examples that when people really wanted to show God the seriousness of their prayer to accentuate this moment, they fasted. For example, in the story of Esther, right? I mean, she not only fasted, she had her whole household fast or her, her maidens fast with her and not just from food, but also from water for a three-day period of time, does that mean that God like said, oh, now that you added that, now I'm sure to do it? I, don't, I think the answer to highlight is probably not. But that doesn't mean that we don't accentuate that time of prayer with it to show our seriousness. And you said it's kind of like what we were talking about with silence and meditation. I mean, certainly with silence, because silence is a form of abstinence. It's abstaining from that thing, and these kind of all bleed together in some respect. How do you do it? We said we wanted to end every one of these with a practical tip of how do you do it. 
and a challenge that you could take with you if you want to do it. The first one is pretty simple. Start slowly. Start with something you can do, like one meal. But I think we could probably do that pretty easily. Start with 12 hours, like from a lunch to lunch. Start with 24 hours if you think you've got it. But substitute something else in its place, like one of the other disciplines. Build up to extended times as you see or want to see where it goes. I mean, in my fast against music, I want to see what's going to happen. I've already gotten some things in my head that, that I want to write down. I go, that, that was an interesting insight. When I say start slowly, there's different fasting disciplines even in our church traditions. Our tradition in the Protestant tradition, which has recently rediscovered fasting, like recently in the last 30, 40 years, is fast biblically, like just don't eat anything. Other traditions in Christianity fast from certain things. We've talked about that. In the Orthodox tradition, or like in the Catholic tradition, they fast from certain items for long periods of time. In the Orthodox tradition, you fast like by being vegan for long periods of time. I've tried the Orthodox fast. I did it, I was like going to do it just for Lent, and then I was like starting to do something in my life. And I've told you before, it went a year, I went an entire year on a vegan fast. And it was a great time in my life where I just felt like every time I wanted to touch anything or eat something that wasn't of the allowed food, it brought me closer in my mind. I guess that's what really matters, is I was more and more open to just reminding myself that I'm doing this to bring myself into discipline and to submit to the Lord. Try it. Start slowly and see where it goes. Expect that your body and your mind is going to fight the idea. Especially in our society, this is the most ridiculous idea ever invented. Like our society is all about getting you to eat at all hours. How about like Taco Bell that invented, what is it called? What is it called? Fourth meal or fourth something, right? They've even invented a new meal. Like, like huh, driving around at midnight like, oh man, I need some Taco Bell, you know? It's subtle, it's in our society that all you need to do is just constantly eat everywhere you go. Lena calls it a cult of food. Like we can't have a meeting in this society without going to coffee or going to eat something. Like I couldn't just come over to your house and go, like, hi, how you doing? Like, Kimberly, we're gonna like just talk. Like, nope, we gotta go to coffee, right? We have to eat something, right? We have to go to dinner, we have to go to lunch. Like we couldn't just hang out and like go to her house. That would that'd be weird. So your mind and your body is affected by the culture you live in. So maybe being countercultural and fighting against that is just one step of beating your body into submission. Is fasting going to make you a super warrior? No. Spiritual transformation is what's going to make you super. This is just one way to discipline yourself to open yourself up. Keep an honest journal during extended times. An honest journal, like write down, like, I hate this. <laughs> this is really driving me nuts. I got this from somebody who wrote a journal, and it was interesting because they kept a journal for a year while they did an extended period of giving things up, and they put their journal entries in. And you could see how they started in the middle part, kind of how they ended. I mean, they didn't put all of them in there, but it was just interesting to see over time how the person's heart was changing, how they were viewing what they were doing in the fast. And keep your practice as secret as reasonably possible. In Matthew 6, we see that Jesus says that if you tell people about your fast, you're not only a hypocrite, but you've received your reward. They know that you're fasting. The flip side of that means that if you keep secret your fast, you know, to a reasonable extent, and you're not trying to brag about the idea of fasting, maybe that's just one extra measure of how God is going to work in your life. 
that he's going to give you the reward that he keeps talking about because he sees what's done in secret. But maybe for us, it's going to be part of that transformation that happens. That he's going to be able to work even more because we're honoring him by fasting without any expectation that people around us will say, hey, that's cool. That's awesome that you can do that. Wow, you're so spiritual for doing that. So here's your challenge for this week to try this. Commit to a serious Lenten fast. The season of Lent is coming up. Ash Wednesday is February 25th. For centuries, the Christians practiced Lent. We've now finally, as Protestants, gotten over our whole wigged out thing over the Catholic thing and at least embraced enough to say, we can all do Lent and still go to heaven, all right? We can do Lent without bowing to the Pope or kissing the ring, right? So we can still do that. So now that we finally embrace that, which we should have embraced years ago or kept that tradition, try doing that for Lent. Now, I, some of you I know have done that. But when I put the word serious Lent, like give up something serious, you know, so give up something that's hard to give up. Maybe give up more than one thing. You want to try a vegan fast? That'll put you in a giving up a lot of stuff. Anybody want to do it? If somebody wants to do it, I'll do it with you. You want to try it? No? No takers? Yeah, you're going to say you're going to try it, and then I'm going to end up doing it. And you're going to, I know. No, no, I, want, I like a real taker. If you give us a list of what we can't eat. Oh, vegan's very easy. Just can't eat anything that comes from an animal. No, that, that's, that's it. No dairy, no eggs, no meat. That's just not that hard to figure out. So try a serious Lenten fast. You want to try the Orthodox fast? It's recommended. It'll be something that will put you in a posture of humility, that's for sure. How about this one? If you don't want to try that, try this. And by the way, seriously think about Lent. Because it's another way of practicing a liturgical step that is so missing in our spiritual lives. In fact, New Song has an Ash Wednesday service on the 25th, if any of you want to go. They kind of try to do a nice service and, and just get us back in the discipline of just practicing what Ash Wednesday is about and getting ready for the coming Easter celebration. Or try a 12-hour, 24-hour fast. Or try abstaining from a routine pleasure for an extended period of time while adopting a different spiritual discipline. So maybe there's something in your life you think, you know what, I'm just yeah, I'm going to give up watching movies for a while. Is God going to speak to you because you stop watching movies? Again, I want to be clear. No, that doesn't mean it's going to happen. It might, but I think that you're doing something, again, that's God-honoring and opening you up to real transformation on the inside. Don't expect it right away. As we finish off this series in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at the discipline of service, the discipline of study, which we're probably okay with in this group, and then probably closing off with just celebration and worship. We're kind of finishing up with this thing. So if you're one of those people that is still skeptical about these things, I don't want you to miss the point. Come talk to me about it. I still want to wrestle about it. I still want to help you define more about spiritual transformation because it really is more important that we get how God works in that part than just that we practice these disciplines just to say that we did them. Okay? Let's leave it there tonight, close up, and spend some time in worship. We're going to go out afterwards if you want to join us for those people who are new. Grab some food together and hang out. Let's close up in prayer. Jesus, you who are God, you who are one with the Father and the Spirit, you spent time fasting. You spent time in extended periods in silence and meditation and prayer. And you expected your disciples to do the same thing. And we, Lord, are your disciples. 
we're separated by so much time and so much culture from people who understood how to do these things or people who made this routine in our lives. So Lord, we ask you to transcend our culture, our biases, everything we've learned, all the junk in our lives, all the media messages that we get, transcend all of that. Spirit, come directly into our hearts. Will you give us a tangible expression of how this transformation takes place? Can you just go beyond all our words? Can you get to the heart of it, Lord? Can you surprise us? Can you meet us each in a place if we just open ourselves up to you and take a chance? Even in places that don't make sense, Lord, just surprise us with your supernatural ways. Holy Spirit, we ask that you be in our hearts this week. Surprise us, Lord. We pray this in your name. Amen.